Camp, Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Welcome Radio. to Camp Radio, Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Pearson, and I'll be your host. We begin a new series on leadership. We have with us today William Burton. He is the new church team uh, leader and the ethnic church planning and, and evangelism specialist for the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, which is a mouthful. Uh, but William, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Kevin, it's great to be with you. Thanks for the invitation. You know, this is a great series to be able to talk about leadership within the church and the importance of that. Do, do you not agree? Well, you know, someone once said that everything rises and falls on leadership. Mm-hmm. That, that is really uh, an incredible statement with so much profound uh, profundity to it that um, really you see great successes and then you see some great tragedies, and all of it is because of either great leadership or a lack of leadership. So yes, um, leadership is a very important subject for us to be dealing with today, and I, I really hope that um, all of us will learn something uh, from it. Right. William, you know, I've known you for many years, and, and I know you've had many years of experience in ministry and 35 years of pastoral uh, ministry and missionary in Venezuela, as well as pastoring a church there, and then and I I met you, and you were you were my my music minister at now, my now, church. Now, Kevin, let's get this right. <laughs> you were my youth pastor. You were you're a whole lot older than I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's kind of an ongoing going joke. We we were both at Carson Newman, and then we were served at a little church uh, yeah. called Mill Springs, East Tennessee. Uh, for a couple of years, he grew up there at his church, and so we were good friends, have been for all these years, but really grateful that uh, that he is willing to come and just share his wealth of uh, knowledge, of pastoral work, and special leadership. So uh, thank you for just uh, being part of this. Well, let's kind of get into this. So, so really, the beginning of our series here, we want to talk about casting the vision, don't we? Yeah. You know, people will follow something that they believe in and if as leaders as a pastor or you know I would even break this down in your home as as the as a man as the spiritual leader of your household if we're able to cast a vision to the people that we want to lead they will follow they'll follow us but there's we need to know what that vision is as well so so the important thing is I believe for as leaders is that we receive God's vision first of all that we understand the direction that God is leading us in. So that means that I need to be in prayer. I need to be in the word of God. I need to be listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to me and uh, where he wants me to lead whoever it is I'm leading. If it's my wife and my children, mm-hmm. or if it's the congregation that God's entrusted me with to uh, to serve and to lead. So, you know, the number number one thing is is to get God's vision and then when, as a leader, when, when I get God's vision, I'll be able to, and I understand that, I'll be able to cast that vision to the people that, that uh, I'm, that's following me or that I want to lead, let's mm-hmm. put it that way. I guess it's the better way is the folks that I want to lead because right. I may want to lead them, but they may not always be following right. me because I'm not able to well, and, cast and, the vision. And there's two, uh, really two groups that you're dealing with first. If you now you might be a, a small church that you may you may be the only staff member, 
but uh, you may have some volunteers or you may have uh, be a church that you have maybe a part-time music or full-time music and youth. Uh, but those are pretty critical for them to catch that vision first, right? Well, yeah. You know, regardless of the size church, that it, let's use the church context, obviously, regardless of the size church that in which you're ministering, you're, you have key people that need to understand the vision that you receive from the Lord. And so whether it's you know, multiple staff or volunteer staff, bivocational staff, or even your key lay leadership in your church, they've got to be with you because if they're not with you, it's going to be difficult for the rest of the congregation or rest of the group to follow. And you tell me, I've I, I found that it's easier to project that vision for, especially if you have staff members, volunteer members that are actually that you work with on a weekly, daily basis because they know your heart. They understand where you're coming from. They understand the, the full, begin to understand that full direction. It gets harder when you're, you're trying to cast that vision and get them to catch the vision of a congregation, right? Yeah, there's a difference in there, mm -hmm. a casting and catching. I think casting is more about relationships. Mm -hmm. Leadership is really, it is about relationships. You mm -hmm. have personal relationships and then you have, I would call it corporate relationships. And corporate, right. what, I hate to use that term, but the corporate relationship would be a, multi, a multiple, mm -hmm. uh, many people in that, in that group that you have a relationship with. It may not be individually, but for example, you have a relationship with your congregation and there's a dynamic mm -hmm. that exists in that. Right. So, you know, the intimate relationships that you have with staff, with deacons, with uh, you know, leading lay people in the church, there's where the casting comes mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And then the catching uh, comes in, I guess, with the congregation. Right. Now, when you're casting that vision, you know, you could do that. I think that's probably a question that people, I would think most pastors would ask, will be, how do you, how do you project that? How do you let people know the vision which God has given you? Uh, do you do that in a formal setting? Do you do that in just a individual setting? How plain do you lay it out? Or, uh, you know, how do you do this? How do you, how do you lay it out so they can understand it? Because your desire as a visionary is for them to catch it, but they got to understand it to catch it. How do you do that? Yeah, I think, um, Kevin, you know, if you're looking at, um, at casting a vision, um, there's, I think it's a process. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the first one is the reception, mm -hmm. personal reception of the vision. And then it comes along with um, uh, sharing intimately with, with those that you're close mm -hmm. with in conversations, cups right. of coffee, you know, prayer time. Help me pray about this. Mm -hmm. I, God, this is something I think that God has laid on my heart. Mm -hmm. And um, if he if he has this is if you're talking for example if you're talking with your staff or talking with deacons or uh, you know maybe a group of Sunday school teachers or leaders I believe this is what God has laid on my heart uh, let me share this with you will you help me pray about this because there's got to be some value in the vision hmm. and why would there be value if it's something that doesn't come from the Lord right. If it doesn't come from the Lord, it might as well come from Walmart, mm -hmm. right? You know, <laughs> I mean, really, it, it, it if it's not if it doesn't have value that that does not have a 
let's put it this way, does not have a earthly or a monetary price tag. That that thing you can buy that stuff. Right. But if it's a it's a value that comes from God, then that that has some uh, some great um, importance with the people that you're casting or sharing the vision mm-hmm. with. So uh, so the first thing would be obviously you're sharing that vision in a in a non formal, mm-hmm. a very personal way with those who with whom you work the closest. And then I think the second level would be as they receive the vision as well or, or accept the vision, then you begin to expand it in a more formalized, I guess if we could use that word, way. So the value, and then obviously um, the va- what gives it value is the fact we're, we're dealing, we're not dealing with the stock market here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're not dealing with, with things that are earthly. Mm-hmm. We are dealing with things that are eternal. Mm-hmm. So uh, that gives, it, gives us great value because we know it comes from God. Right. Listen, our vision, first of all, must be centered upon Christ as a church, as a, as a family. And this be, must be centered upon Christ. At the end of the day, what kind of difference does this make for eternity? Right. You know, if it's not making a distance, a, a difference for eternity, it has no value. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then that would bring me to the, the, the second thing with this is the, the transcending power of the vision. If the vision only lasts while you're the pastor, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not real sure that that vision is the kind of vision we want to cast. Right. That vision must transcend me. It must tra- transcend you. It must last longer than than my tenure as a pastor. You know, one of the things that uh, over the years that uh, God's allowed me to do is work with, and it's been a challenge, is to work in the Hispanic community. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a missionary in Venezuela. You mentioned that uh, for, well, since, well, in 2000, we planted uh, Iglesia Bautista, La Gran Comisión, in Morristown. And one of the things that God really burdened and passioned me about was church planting. Mm-hmm. And now think about this. We're planting a church in 2000, and um, this is a group of uh, l- people with limited resources. Mm-hmm. Most of them are first-generation Christians. Mm-hmm. And um, so casting a vision to church to plant new churches was something that— uh, I did. I had never done. Right. I didn't know how to do that, and they didn't know what we were talking about. And we started talking about planting churches. But when we started talking about winning people to Jesus, mm. because that's really at the end of the day, that's that's what it was about. Sure. And so we I, we're here in Newport. I love Newport. This this area of um, of East Tennessee. I call it the promised land. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, by the way, man, Carson Springs is just a great place. We we love you guys, and, and thanks always for your hospitality yeah. here. But we the second church that we planted was over here in Newport, in yeah. this area, on the on the tomato farms, and it kind of came out out of that. But we were going over on on Mondays and with uh, working with a couple of the churches here in this association, uh, giving you know giving out some pizza and some. And, and the word of God. Mm-hmm. And now there's a church here in Newport as a result of that work. And right. we did that every year for th- almost 13 years, planted an, a new church. Uh, mm. It was, um, but the vision had to be cast. And so I say that 
Now this isn't this is for the glory of the Lord, but the church, La Gran Comisión, has continued to plant new churches even after I've I've been gone for seven years. Right. I've been working with the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board as the new church team leader recently, and then the ethnic church planting evangelism specialist. And so for seven years, but that church has continued the vision of planting new yeah. churches. So it transcended my ministry, mm-hmm. uh, my tenure at, at La Gran Comisión. Yeah. And, and well, I think that and it kind of brings to mind that that is a good um, measure uh, of uh, of a vision. I know there's sometimes we see a conflict within some churches because the vision of the pastor is different from the vision of the congregation, and it's really a matter of, of course, you know, one we hope that that the pastor is following God's. Uh, God's direction and the vision that uh, that He's laid out, and you're right. Ultimately, evangelism reaching reaching people, and in the congregation, uh, hopefully, is prayerfully. And he and I, is that not a key to uh, as well the pastor? Uh, not all congregations are the same; they're all different. Um, they all have different type different type of people, and uh, some are harder to struggle with than others. And so it's really about the pastor praying through how to cast that vision. And so when you're right, when he's gone, the vision continues, not because of him, but because this is God's vision for that church. Yeah. You know, Proverbs, Proverbs reminds us in Proverbs 29, 18, that where there is no vision, the people perish. Now it doesn't mean that they die. Right. We think that we hear that word perish or they die. Basically, they just wander aimlessly without direction. Mm. But very few times do I see in Scripture where God gave a specific vision to a group of people. Mm-hmm. It was most all the time he gave a vision to a, a specific vision to a specific person. Mm-hmm. And then that person was charged with the task of casting it. Right. And so, if you, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a leader, Man, the monkey's on your back to make sure you're getting God's vision <laughs> right. and you're understanding what he's he is saying to you. And so I think there'll be some questions you need to ask. You know, does this vision have value? Does this vision transcend who I am? Mm-hmm. Is this vision bigger than me? Is it bigger than my church? Because it's got to be bigger than all of that. It's got to be a God-sized vision. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if if you cast a God-sized, a God-sized vision before people, something that we, it is humanly impossible for us to do. Mm-hmm. We have to be reliant upon the power of God, the provision of God and the, the presence of God through the Holy Spirit. Then people are going to get excited about that sure. because they're going to, man, this is bigger than us. And we're going we're, we can't wait to see what God is going to do. Right. I mean, you go back to the, where Jesus fed the 5,000. Can you imagine the, the disciples when when he said, "Tell these folks to sit five thousand men plus the women and children sit down in in groups of fifty and a hundred, there's still no bread or fish. Right. You know, <laughs> there's still nothing there. They listen. They bowed their heads to pray and thank God for the food. There still wasn't any food there. I, I can imagine the great anticipation. I mean, Jesus cast that vision. Mm-hmm. We're going to feed these people, and they and we had all the excuses." Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't have enough money. We don't. Have, where are we going to get it? There's no McDonald's around here. There's yeah. no Walmart. <laughs> where are we going to get it? But at the end of the day, before before it all happened, we've got to trust God. Right. We've got to trust Him with His vision. So, so I think a, a you know a casting as you cast a vision, 
this vision is going to have value. It's going to transcend who I am. And then it will give an identified direction. Right. And this is where we're going. Well, at the end of the day, when, when, when this, if it's a limited vision, for example, for a particular time period or, and, you know, I love what uh, we've done with um, Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. We have five objectives. There's some goals. There's some number goals there, you know, Thousand new churches, fifty thousand baptisms, uh, uh, five hundred churches being uh, revitalized, and then plus our reaching our resourcing goals of ten percent to the cooperative program on average, and then our three million dollar goal at uh, with golden offering for Tennessee missions. With a limited time, these are things that are absolutely impossible for us to do, but it is imperative that we do it. Right. And so a vision must have an identified direction. This is where we're going at the end of the day. This is what's going to happen. Right. Hopefully, this is what we'll see. Mm-hmm. Man, people will get excited about that. I'm, ex- I'm excited about yeah. it right now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this story, and it was just a, a God thing. When we began La Gran Comisión in Morristown, we didn't have a place to meet. Most, most new churches don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were renting a place, um, and then we had to leave, and we moved into a, a Seventh-day Adventist church, and we were there for about a year. And then on South Cumberland Street, I had gone driven by there several times, and there was an old supermarket building that was for sale, and and he had the price on the billboard, $199,000. Well, that was uh, $198,000 more than what we had at the time. Yeah. Little, you know, poor Hispanic church, about right. 30 people. And, um, so we said, we, you know, a year goes by, two years go by the building still for sale. The price, I called him, how much you asking for this? He's 175. And I said, well, I'd like to meet with you. And I'd prayed it and I'd asked the Lord, God, give me a number. Tell me what we need to offer him for that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what we could pay for this. And, you know, God, um, kind of placed on my heart, $150,000. Well, that was still $145,000 more than what we had. We had about $5,000 in the bank right. account at that yeah. time. And so, uh, we met. I offered him a hundred and thirty-five thousand. He said no, but we'll take a hundred and fifty. Oh, and I had—I uh, remember Ismael Kawanis and Juan Gonzalez and Victor Bias was standing beside me, and I said, "Okay." Yeah. And I said, "Now here's how we're going to pay for it." Yeah. I told him how we were going to pay <laughs> for it. I said, "We'll give you this much right now, and then so much a month, and at the end of the, and at the end of six months, we'll pay you cash for the rest of it." Oh, he looked uh-huh. at he looked at us. He said, "These guys are crazy. <laughs> how in the world are they going to?" He said, "Okay." So when it was all over with, yeah, these guys. Uh, I, I remember Ismael looked at me and he said, "Pastor, how in the world are we going to do this?" <laughs> I said, "You know, I'm not real sure." <laughs> But I know God is going to provide right. because he's led us to this point. Yeah. And at the end of six months, hmm. God had provided. Wow. And uh, we paid cash for that building yeah. the rest of that, at the end of that six months, and then remodeled it. And the rest is history. Yeah. But there was, but the, the congregation got excited behind that. They gave sacrificially. And then people in the community were excited about it. And they right. gave as well. So it was, um, you know, vision, right. casting the vision. But you got to have, again, it's got to have value. It's got to have something that's lasting, that's bigger than me. Mm-hmm. It transcends an individual. It's obviously being Christ-centered. And then the identified direction. Right. This is where we're going. Yeah. Well, William, thank you for coming and just sharing about that. Beginning our series on 
on uh, leadership and, and and just learning to cast that vision uh, is, I think, a struggle for many pastors and knowing how to do that and uh, just praying that, that the results will be great, that they'll catch that vision. Thank you for also for our listeners to our podcast today. Uh, there are other uh, uh, podcasts that are on the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board uh, website that are great to listen to. For example, Reaching Tour Radio. Uh, so tune into that. And also, if you're looking for uh, a place in which you can plug in and to be able to go to some sort of leadership or uh, pastoral health uh, retreats, there'll be some things that are posted on the TBMB website, and uh, hopefully you'll see more and more of those in the near near future. If you're listening on iTunes or Google Play, please leave a comment or subscribe. That always helps us in our ratings, and we want more and more pastors to be able to listen to this podcast because we believe that this is a resource for you to be able to help you in your ministry. If you have any questions for me or uh, for William or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.